Rise and shine for National Biscuit Month with Hardy's famous buttermilk biscuits. Made with love from scratch, fresh all morning. It's not the easy way, but it's the right way. Hardy's goodness in the making. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Fantasy Alarm MLB DFS podcast with hosts John and Pemba and James Grande. What is going on, everybody? John Pemba here with James Grande. This is the Quick Pitch MLB DFS podcast coming back from the All Star break with three games here on Thursday, 1 p.m. slate start time, James. We have the Yankees and the Astros, the Rangers and the Marlins, and the Tigers and the A's. With three games, it is slim pickings when it comes to player pool. When it comes to pitching, there is, this is a lottery ticket slate. Spend your dollars wisely is how I would say. But that being said, there are at least some interesting matchups here on this one. Yeah, there's good pitching, I think. For one. Coming out of the All-Star break, right? Everybody's yeah, everyone's kind of refreshed. Maybe. Except ish. Yeah, ish. It's true. It depends on what they did at the All-Star game and who pitched right. and who didn't. But yeah, it's a good little pitching slate. Definitely, a, I definitely agree. It's a lottery ticket slate. It's definitely one to take light, which I know is hard because we've had the itch for, what, four days now to, of not playing. But we'll have a monster slate on Friday. Pick your spots. Tournaments only. If you want to play cash, do you know, generally play light. It's going to be a super chalky lineup. So you and 743 of your best friends will have the same lineup because again, three games late in cash is wild. It should be an interesting one. We don't have the Yankees total, John. I expect it to be higher than what we have. But for context, Rangers, Marlins, total is seven. Tigers, Oakland, seven and a half. Like not a lot of runs to be scored. Kind of speaks to the good pitching that we're going to talk about here in a second. Yeah, so let's talk about it then. The Actually, the top price pitcher on the slate is Christian Javier at home going up against the Yankees, whom he hit no hit over seven innings in his lone start against them. That was the combined no-hitter for Houston against the Yankees. Seven no-hit innings, 13 strikeouts for mm-hmm. Christian Javier. The last three games, four games for him, rather, 13, 14, 7, and 10 strikeouts. The problem has been the last two starts, five innings, five runs, Three and two-thirds innings, three runs. Back to inefficiency, but strikeout numbers are still elite. <laughs> Can he repeat a similar performance, though, against these Yankees this time around? No. Like a repeat? I don't know. I guess no, that's what we thought. Hit them, but can he shut them down? Can he fr- rack up a ton of strikeouts? Like, you yes. know, again, he is the top price pitcher on the slate. He can. And I'm perfectly fine with using him, especially when you consider he's had 10 or more strikeouts in three of four starts. And one of those 10 strikeout games, he didn't get out of the fourth inning in, which is mind-blowing. So at least there's going to be a floor there, especially with the, in the strikeout department. I will say on the other side of the coin, the Yankees over the last 14 days are the best team in baseball offensively. In, in ISO, in WOBA, in literally every category you can name. So... The Yankees hitting their stride offensively, different, uh, slightly different offense than Javier faced last time. I think he's firmly in play. I think you can play him. Houston getting some of their big guns back offensively to support Javier, a.k.a. Jordan Alvarez. So, yeah, you can play Javier. But, you know, if you'd rather move on, mosey on down the list and start your lineups with John Gray, I wouldn't hate that either. Yeah, I right. There's obviously so many matchups here. I will say Miami better against righties and lefties this season. The one thing to at least think about, the strikeout rate against right-handed pitching is actually down. I, I think they're even 
unless I have them confused, aren't they even like a top five average team against right-handed pitching this season as well? They're top 11 in OPS. The only thing that they've kind of been worse lately because they're without Chisholm and now John Birdie on the IL too. So like two of their better hitters that were helping them. I'm looking it up too with you about the average. Yeah, they're down to 15. So may- maybe some of the uh, the recent struggles, as you've mentioned, it's only like mere points. 243 right. is 15. 248 is in the top 10. So a bad month like they've had likely drops their team average down two or three batting average points. And now they're in, uh, in the middle of the pack. That being said, still a 308 Woba against right-handed pitching. Their strikeout rate on the season, 22.5% is kind of in the middle of the pack. So you could be onto something, though. They are missing two of their better their better hitters. So uh, And on the small slate, like you can't, beggars can't be choosers. You have that. For cheaper, you could run Pablo Lopez up against hot Corey Seager. Yeah, guys. The guy is literally putting the team but on We know back. Lopez is at home. Uh, again, 2-3 ERA this year. A really strong stats for him uh, at home this season. And then Scooble is going to be chalk on two, start, on two pitchers format. So yeah, $7,100 against Oakland on DraftKings. Uh, everybody's, I think, is going to throw him in their lineup. Yeah, I think it's interesting that the pitching dynamic in that game because I don't think many people are going to play Zach Logue, Logie, whatever it is. Loosh. Lou, oh, that, that could throw a wrinkle in there. Jamaican bobsled team on the luge. Yeah. On, a, on the bobsled. It, like, he's interesting, too, because no one's going to play him. Scooble's also been terrible, and it's unfortunate. He had one good start against the White Sox, and then since, like, June, he's been trash, which is unfortunate because I love Tarek Scooble. But, yeah, He I does agree. have one start against Oakland where he shut them out over seven, so. Yeah, but when, but it he is so different of a pitcher now than he was earlier sure. in the year. Like, he pitched well against... Earlier in the year, he pitched well against Houston in Houston. Yeah, that, o- that start against Oakland was in May. So, yeah, the, he shut out the Twins over seven innings. He beat the or the Guardians like three times earlier in the year when they were actually good. Shut out the Rockies, but he just hasn't been good lately. So I agree. I'm in on Scooble. I just it is worth considering how bad he's been, and it is worth considering also how bad Detroit's offense has been. I know they're better against lefties. I acknowledge that. I think you and I talk about that a lot. But so Zach Logue, Logie, Luge. I also think GPP Dart. Yeah, no problem there. All right, let's go on over to catcher then. It's already a small slate, so we know there's even fewer catcher options here. For me, Eric Haas versus lefty is probably going to be the top option. You can throw him in there. But you have Jonah Heim, Sean Murphy starting to hit a little bit better. You know, is there anybody else that you would even consider uh, on this uh, three-game slate? The only other name that those three guys I would consider would probably be Tucker Barnhart if they, for whatever reason, played both catchers, like DH'd one, Barnhart's switch hitter, 2200, works in a Tiger stack. But other than that, no, it's those three guys only. All right, yeah, that's kind of kind of where I'm at as well here. First base position, a little bit more options. Yankees are the top price guys, LeMayu and Rizzo, but they have the Javier's matchup. Houston has trash first baseman and Uriel, and I guess Diaz has been a <laughs> little bit better. Diaz is rolling. He's rolling you know? lately. And Tyon sucked, so may, maybe a lead miss, but he's first base outfield eligible. I think, the, again, it's a tough spot to go against Pablo Lopez, but you know, may, maybe Nate Lowe, I know he's cooled a little bit but we were riding him for that stretch there for with the rangers stack i don't know is there anybody again if we're not playing rizzo that you Uh, put in your live here i wouldn't say tyone sucks he definitely works against lefties looking at the numbers 
But Olympus has been good, so if you want to play him, that's fine. I, I don't hate your Nate Low call. Can't play Seth Brown and lefty. Maybe he's been good. 2200, I know, has not been good lately, but has been good like in terms of body of work. 287 in the first half of the year, pretty damn good. Against lefties this year, John, Maggie hitting 250, or 357, rather. If you want to play Miguel Cabrera, 2300, be my guess. So he's cheap. He could might drive in a couple runs. And then Garrett Cooper... Another guy is just struggling, but made the all-star team and is $2,200. That kind of feels like a miss. Not that, again, Gary Cooper is like this amazing player, but. Yeah, um, no, I agree with you. Again, we're getting, it's not, it's, uh, we're getting depressed pricing in some guys because there's only three games. Yep, yep. But yeah, he's been, he's 0 for 50. So yeah, yeah. Uh, 0 for 50, still hitting 280. So that's how good he was hitting. So, right. All right. So on over to second base. Jose Altuve at 6K. Semyon at 5,200. Glivers at $4,800. That's your top three. You can play Altuve. I think he'll be pretty popular. And I think that's why they priced him the way that he's priced. I think that's why all three of these guys are priced the way they are because they are forcing us to play one of them. Altuve is probably the top dog there, even though he's like significantly more expensive than Glaber. And then I would probably go down to John Scope, who I expect to be not popular, but Garner ownership, 2,700, had shown signs of life prior to the All-Star break, and was still in bases too. John Scope, 2,700, probably the other guy I would consider here. Yeah, I'm with you. Scope, given the lefty matchup, we know he has some power. Joey Wendell's been pretty good too, so. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm gone, Joey Wendell. All right, third base, uh, Bregman's at the top. I get Donaldson. I don't know. And LeMayu, if you're not using that first, I guess would be your option there. Like Josh Smith it, leading off. Yeah, likely. it is. It is. It is. No, it's bleak. It's bleak. Yeah, it's bleak. Harold Castro, if you're not afraid of the lefty stuff. So Zach Logie Alude, has allowed a OP, or OPS of 770 and a 365 Woba to left-handed bats. So Harold Castro, 308 average against lefty. Not actually a terrible idea. 2100, I think. The Tigers kind of feel pretty popular here, just going through the positions. They're every single position under $3,000. I think we're going to get a pretty popular Tiger stack. Maybe a little different differentiation there is Harold Castro at third. Shortstop then. Seager, you just lock him in? Yeah, probably. I think it's probably between him and Baez because Baez gets lefty here. True. Baez 394 Woba against South Bosses here. So I think it's pretty, I think, Shortstop is pretty clear, pretty clear cut, and yours and mine favorite player Elvis Andrews. I was gonna you say to... you dart throw Elvis Andrews given the school. Yeah. yeah, if you want to play Andrews, who for a little stretch became a run producing machine, then yeah, I think he would probably be the one other option there. All right, let's go to outfield here. Then where are you starting your core builds? Jordan, if he comes back. Which he's expected to. It's too bad he wasn't healthy. Him in the home run derby would have been cool. I know. That would have been fun. 24 home runs in 74 games. It's just crazy. Look, Judge, Tucker, Stanton, right? Stanton, home run. being outfield only now is a tilt. It is a tilt because he's been unreal. He's going to challenge Judge for the home run title this year by yeah, years I, end. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm probably not going to pay 55 for Carpenter. But if you want to be different, we just told you you could play all the Tigers for like less than... $3,000. So, like, you could play the Yankees if you want and spend up on Carpenter. Really can't say I blame you. But under for Ramon Laureano. I was going to say, Laureano playing to be traded right now. 
core play. I think he's close to a core play, just recent performance. Like we know he has stolen base upside, he's showing that. We know he has power upside, showing that. And he gets a struggling scoobal under 4K. So love that. Yep, I agree with you 100% there. I'll still go Riley Green. You mentioned his numbers against lefties for Logue, Luge, Logie, whatever you want. <laughs> so Riley Green, for me, still too cheap at 3,200 homer the other day. So yeah, he's good. Guy. He's just good, man. That dude is just good. There's no reason he... 3,200, this is like the most expensive he's ever yeah, been. Yeah, he's under 3K forever. I have a hard time believing that DraftKings had all this time and left Leody Tavares at $2,600. But to each his own, man, the guy, like is actually yeah 450 last 10 games lighting the world on fire right now yes he's hitting for a little power he's we think about what he was last year in in 2021 drafts he was like the darling speed guy him and miles straw right they're like everyone's taking Tavares, everyone's taking straw and Tavares stunk straw sold 30 bases now Tavares learned to hit apparently and not only is he hitting he's stealing bases so, like, 2,600, if he gets on against Lopez, he's gone. And yeah. right now, he's getting on base a lot more than he's not. Yeah, I think 2,600 is, if you're playing cash games, that's a lock and load. Yeah, I'll just mention the Grossman because of his career number yeah. against lefties. Sure. Yeah, he's great, dude. Against lefties. Victor Reyes, too. He's a switch hitter as well. So, yeah, I think both of those guys. Give me your home run call, then. Three games. Uh, home run call, three games. I will go Eric Haas. I'm going to go Kyle Tucker. That's a good one. Lefties definitely have had more success against Jameson Tyon this year. Love it. All right, so that's it. Three games. James will have a, a core play write-up for you guys. We'll be in Discord if you have any questions. Good luck, and we'll catch you guys later. Hardy's signature Frisco burger and Frisco breakfast sandwich are the kind of goodness people drive across town for. Classic favorites on a toasted sourdough bun. Only at Hardee's. Goodness in the making. Participation may vary.